Welcome to Worship Call with Bible teacher Buzz Lawback. Buzz is the pastor of Grace Chapel Bible Ministries located in Duncan, South Carolina. This ministry is dedicated to the verse-by-verse teaching of God's Word and discipleship programs aimed at strengthening the faith of God's people. Now here's today's message. Time is a grace commodity from God. We all have our allotted amount. No more, no less. The master of the house, our master, is on a journey. At some day or an hour, he will return. The question is, what have we done with the assets in the time given in his absence? And on what basis will we be awarded for faithful servant to to that which he entrusted us with? This is the third day of the week in God's created order. This 27th day of the second month. 2024th year of our Lord. And this is another fine day in the Lord. Father in heaven, thank you for this opportunity once again to come together and fellowship in your word. What a wonderful privilege it is to be connected with believers how few or how many they are that we meet in the morning open with the Word open to be fed by the Spirit. You're given the speaker here the privilege of being the instrument by which your Word is communicated. And I ask for accuracy and teaching. And you've also given the privilege to hear and to receive what is of the Lord's to those that in the sound of His voice. So I pr- and I pray, Heavenly Father, for discernment for them, for each one. Open our hearts this morning to the study this, of this so great parable, the doctrine of the talents. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. When we're looking at the, the when we're looking at the different the when we're looking at the different... Oh, that's a little close, ain't it? I'm going to back you up a little bit. It's a little close for me. <laughs> anyway, we got this screen right here. I can put a big old face in front of me. Oh, oh my, my. All right. But when we're... Oh, Becca likes me. You like me. <laughs> All right. When we come to the... When we're looking at these parables... Especially these virgins and uh, coming into the parable of the talents. The Lord, you got different talents that within the or different parables, and these parables they have they're different, but it's not a different message. They have their similarities, but they also have their differences. They have other nuances to add to the whole thought. Jesus just doesn't look at his disciples and say, well, you're all too dumb to know this parable. Let me just give you another one. They build upon each other. They stand upon each other. They work upon each other with its similarities and with their differences and different points that we can pick out from these. We move from the doctrine of the the virgins to the doctrine of the talents or the parable of the virgins 
to that. We left off yesterday with the fact that that the the point one of the major points is that the bridegroom is gone. He or he's expected back. Let's just say he's he's gone, but he's expected back. He's he's expected to arrive and there there was the understanding that one must be prepared for his coming ready for his coming expecting his coming coming the bride how how crazy would it be that the bride would not be expecting the bridegroom how insulting would it be to to not be expected bridegroom it's like coming home and I expect the wife to be happy when I come through the door. Or she comes around the corner and sees I'm there. Maybe I come home a little early and she says, Oh, it's you. And so the bride must be ready. And so must the the bridesmaid. Must be ready with great anticipation. This is going to be a great time, great celebration to honor the bridegroom. We come in also to the doctrine of the talents, the parable of the talents, which it also has to do with a anticipation of the arrival of the master. He has gone on a trip. He's gone on a journey. Take a look at the similarities between the parables. Don't know when he's coming back. All emphasis. All, all, all the emphasis right now is what the servants are going to do. What's, what's the faithfulness of the servants? I love. I, I comes to mind what Paul speaks of. Paul, in his letter, says introduces himself as the servant of the Lord, of the doulos, the not just a servant, the slave of the Lord. And then we find in Timothy, he says, I'm about ready to go, but to, to receive my reward, but, and the crown of righteousness, not, not just for me, but for all those who love his appearing. And then we also come to the verse that says, no ear, no eye has seen, no ear has heard all that God has prepared for those who love him, who love his appearing. In this life that time that God has given us, we mentioned yesterday about when you have your spiritual priorities in line, beginning with the Word of God and the filling ministry of God the Holy Spirit, walking in obedience to the Lord, walking in a way that is worthy, walking in the light as He is in the light, walking righteously, growing in the Lord, learning His Word, there is that actually I think we went over this uh, on the Lord's Day that as you have established your spiritual priorities and as you're growing in the Lord as you're maturing in your faith you come to a greater anticipation how do, how am I know how do I know that my faith is increasing how do I know that I'm growing and maturing in the Lord when I think less of the things of this world and more of the things that are in heaven, when I'm growing, when I'm starting to anticipate more 
of receiving Christ, when I start looking up, when I begin to anticipate and with confident expectation, I'm excited. Like a child's waiting for, remember what, Christmas when you're growing up. And you were excited for Christmas morning to come. Remember that excitement that you have. Well, that's the excitement here. It, it is at any time we could be be with our Lord Jesus Christ. You ever you ever stop and think about it that it is the reality that one day reality that one day we are going to be with the Lord. Tim, talk to you, Tim. You listening? I, I'm I'm blown away of our time together. And I'm talking to my buddy Tim here. Are you not just blown away with the time that has passed when we were young Marines running around, bouncing around, and just our our friendship? And it seemed and we were young Marines, and it didn't seem like this time just kind of stood stood still. We thought that we had forever, and now look at us. I I asked my buddy Tim one time. I said, "Did you ever think that we'd get old?" And he, he, uh, Tim just kind of laughed. He said, "I never had no idea that we'd." But the time was a vapor, just like that. Well, I say that to the point that even if we live another twenty years, and I'm sixty now. That that would put I'm sixty three. That would put me at eighty three. And uh, if I lived another twenty, and that's let's just put it this way every day is closer to the time of that reality that I'm going to be absent from this body and face to face with the Lord and more than I am God's word the more that I'm investing and that's what about today is about and tomorrow and however long this takes on the parable of the talents the more I invest in my spiritual life in the things that are of God's the more I can't wait for the master. I'm like that little I'm like that like that little kid that can't wait for her parents to come home. I've done all this. I've set up my I've drew these pictures. I've I've done some great things. I can't wait for my parents to come home compared to the little kids that uh oh. <laughs> wait till you, wait till your dad comes home. <laughs> wait till your dad comes home. All right, there's so many analogies I can go through. Let's let's go on. While we are still dealing with the prophetical, we're still in the Olivet Discourse here. We're still dealing with the the, the Olivet Discourse in context. We're dealing with future things that are going on. We're we're dealing with the tribulational saints that are looking up. The redemptions are redemption is near. Don't give up. Don't falter. Don't fall into the same old, same old crowd. Keep your eyes fixed on the coming of the Lord. But this is an ageless principle. It, these are principles that we can glean in context. There's one context, but there's a principle that is timeless, that goes through all the ages. That let's bring it down to to the principle that everything belongs to God. What is it that doesn't belong to God? There's not very thing. The, uh, S- Sunday we celebrated 
Wiley's birthday. And while he was getting cash, getting some money for his his uh, birthday cards and uh, and that that was a good thing. And his grandpa was there, his uh, Bobby, and said, "Bobby, you know," he said, "How much belongs to the Lord?" Testing Wiley out on on the principle of giving to the Lord. How much of how much of it is the Lord? And Becca spoke up, "All of it belongs to the Lord, and it is." And it's not just money. It's everything that comes from the Lord belongs to the Lord. What is it that we have that does not belong to the Lord? As Christians, believers in our day, we should be taking inventory of what we have, the blessings that we have. Yes, thanking God for the blessings, but also recognizing that everything that we have it, we must be stewards over. Being on the heels of the parable of the virgins, we must look at these parables side by side. We must look at the comparisons, how they compare. We also look at how they contrast. We look at what else is that Jesus is telling us on top of what we've learned from the previous parable? What is the conclusion that both as to drive home the message that we as disciples need to grasp and take to heart? Important. Here's the message of stewardship. How important this is. Because here we are coming into the doctrine of talents. Do you realize that there's a there's a bookends? There there's kind of a bookends to Jesus' life on ministry on this earth that reflects stewardship. Remember back when in the temple? When Mama was furious because she had lost her son, and she had first it was fear, and then that Jewish mother finds her son in the temple, and she said, "Look at what you've done to me and your father. Are you treating us this way?" Remember, Jesus was left in the temple. What did Jesus say at twelve years old? Was he teaching us a lesson? Did you not know that I must be about my father? And it stops right there. My father's some throw in that my father's house, my father's business, but in the fact that I must be about my father's affairs. We are about our father's business. Everything that we have, time, assets, the, the blessings that or the things that we call blessings, which are blessings, material and otherwise, are assets to use to his glory. Yesterday we talked about the commodity of time within the window of grace and mercy. Alright, well, time is the window. And we're taking a look at grace and mercy. At Grace and mercy functions within the window of time. Grace is that which all that God is free to do for those that 
for those that He calls. And mercy, uh, let's, let's break it down simple. Grace is what God gives us that we do not deserve. Simple enough. Mercy is that which God withholds that we do deserve. And that is His judgment. Those two things function within the window of time. Grace and mercy are not God's attributes. They're not God's essence. When I talk about attributes and essence, remember I'm talking about His righteousness, His justice, His immutability, love, veracity, omniscience, omnipresence, um, these, these things that are part of God's essence. But grace and mercy are not... You don't, you don't say that God is grace or God is mercy as you say that God is love and God is righteous and God is sovereign. Grace and mercy are the are those how would you say it? Prerogatives. They are prerogatives of God. They, it is what He chooses to do. Exodus 33.19 He said, I myself will make all my goodness pass before you and will proclaim the name of the Lord before you and I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and I will show compassion on whom I have compassion. Paul quotes this in Romans 9.15-16. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. So then it does not depend on the man who wills or the man who runs but on God who has mercy. There we go. So according to His grace, we are given time. Time is a great commodity. Time is running out. And where there is grace and mercy, there must be a response. Where there is a grace, where grace is extended, there must be mercy. This is the reason why Paul tells us about in the letter and, and to the Thessalonians about being thankful Thanksgiving is our response to God's grace, recognizing that it's not about us, but it's about God who extends that grace. Every heartbeat, every breath we take, every day that we wake up, the clothes that we wear, the roof over our heads, everything that we have, maybe it's a lot uh, in abundance, maybe it's a little bit, but it's all from the grace of God and there we must render our thanksgiving to God. So it's not only what God chooses to do in a particular time, and in the window of time, because God can, but it is what God does freely, giving us the opportunity to be thankful for everything that we have. In the window of time, the unbeliever has the opportunity to hear the gospel message 
and respond to it. See, our grace isn't the our salvation isn't because we because we did something. Because we're good girls and boys. We simply respond to the message of salvation. In thanksgiving, we we trust in what He has done for us on our behalf. And as a response to the the, uh, message given to us in the window of time, we become born again. And in that, and he, it is the Spirit that does the work. By the way, it's not our believing that saves us. It is what it is the blood that is applied in heaven on our behalf that saves us. The work, the work, the death, the burial, the resurrection, the ascension, the session of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the only thing that we bring to the table is our trusting in that revelation, in that gospel message, in time, also in time, as believers, as born-again believers, we have the opportunity to take all that God has entrusted with us as good stewards. And that's everything. That's not, that's not just our, uh, our money. It's not just 10% of our income for the tithers. It's not just our money as a whole, but it's everything. It's our day. It's the time element of this day. It's what we're doing in our jobs. It's what we're doing in our our quiet time, in our prayer time, and it's what we do with in our with husbands, with our wives, how we treat our wives and how we how we are recognizing that our wives belong to God and parents that our children belong to the Lord and those that we are especially with other believers that we are going the extra mile for we're not just going for the extra mile for them but we're going to the extra mile for the for the for the Lord and when we're praying for our enemies, we don't know whether our enemies can turn and turn to the Lord. And if they turn to the Lord, they belong to the Lord. So we're praying for our enemies. It's what we're doing. It's it is becoming. It's going about our Father's business, having it all laid out, our whole lives. The question I have for us this morning, I include myself in it because I'm looking at this before I'm teaching, and I'm getting pumped up by it. I hope you are. But every day it, it comes to soul searching. Maybe when maybe we're checking our situation awareness, checking over our, at the end of the day before we hit the rack, our after action report. How much of this day, spiritually, how much of this day did I commit to the Lord? How much of my thinking, how much of my time, how much of my efforts, how much of my reaching out did I do for the Lord? Or am I just marking times, marching in place? Am I just on a park bench waiting to be taken home to heaven? Or am I leaving ministry up to those that are working in the church? The Sunday school teacher, the pastor, that's not a part of my job. That's, the ministry is just for the select few. 
Remember, our lives as Christians, we are in full-time Christian service. Is it strictly just all the assets that we have that we accumulated in time and time is going to run out for all of us? We are going to be face to face with the Lord either in rapture or by death. We are going to have to give an account for what we've done in the body whether good or bad and we're going to receive a recompense for that. And that which is not burned up in the fire in heaven and evaluating those works will be good for gold, silver, precious stones. I like what Job said. Job in one twenty one. He says, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return there. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Again, it's a reflection of everything that we have is on loan from God. I love and I miss I miss Rush Limbaugh. And one of his promos, and maybe he was quite serious about this, and it, it's he was very jocular in the things that he said, so... Was he really serious or was he just putting on an air? And I like to think that he wasn't putting on the air. But remember the promo, if you, watch, if you ever listen to Rush, he would remember this back, he would say, Talent on loan from God. Really, there is a truth on that. Everything, including our talents, our skills, our abilities, all of that is on loan from God. So the truth is, only thing that counts is what what is offered up to God. I think of the tabernacle. Remember, when you walk into the tabernacle, east gate, what's the first thing that you're going to see when you come into the courtyard? The brazen altar. That is where the burnt offerings are laid out. And there's a fire. And those, those things that are laid up on there are just totally consumed and taken up. There's also and that that becomes a soothing aroma. <laughs> there, there is the blood. I forget what the Lord says. Well, I've, I've talked about the gag reflexes of the Lord. He cannot stand sin, but on that, on that, your sin causes him to turn away. But there, there is the sensibility of the Lord that he loves the soothing aroma. He, oh, that is just so good. And the scripture speaks of the soothing aroma. You can just imagine it. it we who have been created in the image of God, that, that we do that. Uh, we we look uh, maybe a bowl of soup. Somebody's looking, and, oh, that smells so good. Mm. Or a flower, or a fragrance, or something. But our works and and the things that we give up to God becomes a soothing aroma to the Lord. And our prayers at the altar of incense goes up as a soothing aroma. So Jesus, in our coming back to our context, Jesus doesn't have long. 
He wants to impress to His disciples that it's going to be more than a waiting game. The disciples, they don't know how long that they have. I believe the disciples, actually I know it from Acts chapter 1. The angel said, why do you keep looking up in the air? He's going to come back. He's coming back. He's going to come back in the same way he left. I believe that the disciples did not did not believe that they were going to die. That they were going to see the Lord return. I think they were confident of that. And many other people were confident of it. The problem that we have is he hasn't returned for 2,000 years. The church as a whole has gotten complacent. Much of the church is changing their doctrines to reflect a a kingdom now. Well, the kingdom has already come. No, it hasn't. It's my soapbox. And I'll stay on it as long as I feel it necessary just to drive home the point. We're not living in the kingdom now. That's in the future. But the church has changed its tone on that. The message is still the same. And the and what Jesus is driving home to the disciples, you've got work to do with what I've entrusted you with. You believer, as well as as well as myself, as well as all of us. We've been given our health <laughs> and and you may complain what health but we're still breathing, we're still and whether whether the Lord has has blessed us a earthly abundance or with little, it's inconsequential. What have what are you doing with the little that God has given you? That sets us up for stewardship. That sets us up for the parable of the talents, where Jesus is. Setting up three individuals. One that had been entrusted with with much, with five talent, uh, with with much. Uh, was it five, three, and well, we'll look at it in the morning. We'll we'll look back at it. But and one, and each one had the responsibility to take what was given to them to invest for the master while the master is away. And with that, we'll pick this up in the. Lord will. Remember, tonight we have our uh, Great Upstate Bible Challenge. We'll start streaming at 7. If you want to be a part of it, you can drop me an email and I'll send you a, a Zoom link. And you can be a part of, of that for this evening. And be in prayer for that. It's fun, but I also want to be edifying to the soul. Uh, the topic, the topic is going to cover Matthew six through ten. So look, be looking over to that. Let's close out in prayer. Father in heaven, thank you for this opportunity this morning, fellowshipping in your word once again. We pray that you help us to take our spiritual inventory, not just our spiritual inventory, but everything that we've been blessed with, and while we are thankful for that which you have graciously bestowed upon us, let us also take it as a sense of responsibility that how do I use these blessings to bring glory to thee? 
Help us to use, utilize our time for however left time we have left on this earth. Let us not be distracted by the things of this earth, but let us stay, let us continue to follow the colors all the way up to victory. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Alright, it's another fine day in the Lord. Keep your armor on. Keep fighting the good fight of faith. Lord willing, Spirit guide, rapture pendant, we'll see you this evening. Joining us. You can hear this message again, as well as previous lessons, and get notes by visiting us online at www.gchapel.org.